0: Welcome to Food Safety University, episode number 34. And today I have a fascinating interview with Matt McGee. He works over in the oil and gas sector, but man, can he have a good conversation about plant leadership. Um, Take notes, tune in, and thanks for listening. Share the podcast.
1: Welcome to the Food Safety University podcast presented by Dr. Michelle Fannenstiel of Dirigo Food Safety. Tune in to learn about food safety and processing in plain terms. We'll break down the ins and outs of HACCP, the food code, and much, much more so that you can easily implement and manage your own food safety program and even have some fun while doing so.
0: Hello, 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 everybody. Dr. P here, and I am so excited to have a very special guest here on the Food Safety University podcast. I have Matt McGee, who I connected with through my brother, Charlie, who y'all heard on the podcast a couple of different times talking about leader standard work and all that good sort of stuff. And I, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but I once asked my brother to put together a dream team for a manufacturing plant. And you, my friend, were at the top of the list. So, <laughs> clearly you are somebody my brother admires, which means you are somebody that I admire and somebody I wanted to have on the podcast. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, and then we will get to it on the podcast topic of the day, which is the power of I don't know. So, take it away, Matt.
1: There we go. Well, first, it's always a pleasure to work with uh, Charlie, your uh, your brother, is just uh, a gentleman, and... Truly like an outstanding uh, planner. I definitely learned a lot from him. Um, I'm, a, I'm a plant leader. My dream job is to uh, lead a factory um, with just a bunch of like really great people. We work in the oil and gas industry. Um, we produce uh, meters. Um, if you ask my kids what they did, they'd say their dad's a plumber and I would just pull my hair out. Um, so like when I go home and uh, talk to my family about what I do, it's always about like the, uh, the people because it's, it's always uh, super cool. So yeah, I'm a plant leader. It took me about 10 years to get into the, the position uh, that I I wanted to uh, get to. I just thought like, when I walked in this place, uh, place where I work, like one day I want to help, uh, I want to help leave this place. And, uh, yeah, had my dream. I uh, actually got to work as a facilities leader and uh, redesign the plant that would at the end of the day end up taking over, so It was like a really cool journey. So I went from like a facilities leader to uh, uh major shop operations, which runs like the labor side of the business, to a uh, to a plant leader. Um I have to say, just in general, like every job I've ever been in has been my dream job. So maybe it's just a uh, an outlook I have, but um God, I just enjoyed every uh every minute of it.
0: That's super interesting. Okay, so now I have so you're coming to us from the oil and gas industry, um, which, you know, manufacturing on some level, running a facility is running a facility. I am fascinated by the fact that you call yourself a plant leader and not a plant manager. Is there a difference? And if so, how do you make the distinction?
1: Uh So uh, just to clarify, my official title as given to me by this company is being a a plant manager. So when my boss told me that, I said, so my job is gonna be a plant leader. because I feel that no one ever wants to get managed. Um, so anyone that comes into my, my factory is uh, a leader. Uh, there's a very big difference between leading and managing. I uh, always make the joke. People tell me like, hey, uh, you know, I want to come in. I want to be a, a manager and lead a team. And I always say, oh, great. I can't wait till you come in here because I want to manage you. And they'll go, wait, what? And I go, yeah, right. No one wants to get managed. Everyone wants to get led. So it's very important to me that uh, whoever comes in here Leads. Leading is—I uh, understand the mission. People are absolutely critical. Uh, they have to be the number one thing, top of mind. Um, and you'll—you'll you'll show them the way. Uh, leading is just absolutely critical. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. If you—if uh, you try and manage people, you'll constrain them. They'll give you that 80%. If you lead people, they'll come to you and say, uh, "Hey, what do you think about X, Y, or Z?" And you'll have brilliant conversations. And you'll always be headed in the right direction because they'll they'll know they'll say, "Hey, um, I know you have this big idea, but we should try this other idea." Because they'll always be thinking of for like the best interest of the people that they lead as opposed to manage. So it's uh yeah, it's it's just super critical to me that uh, we have leaders, not managers.
0: Do you think that leadership is a skill that can be taught or do you think that there are like natural leaders and people with like natural leadership abilities?
1: So I think we all as humans have this idea that, uh, you know, leaders are these like perfect beings that are eight feet tall. uh, that are super eloquent. Um, But what we notice as we uh, go through life is that the leaders are the people that, you know, will, uh, will show up to the church early and uh, do the hard work. They'll uh, help their neighbors out. Uh, they'll organize when like their neighbor's going through a hard time, like it, it's learned. It has to be like encouraged, um, you know, like be humble. Sports are easy to like draw analogies, but like a, a leader on a sports team, when you're losing will still act like you can still win and they'll keep trying. Uh, people that aren't leaders would just say like, look, we've, uh, you know, we've lost. Um, for my kids, I try and uh, show them that like leadership is important because like, it's just important to to like try to like try and improve the world and other people will notice like how you act, how you treat other people, the respect that you showed it. Yeah, you, you have to like really groom leadership. Uh, we live in a world where everything is uh, very like self-centered, uh, you know, by that I mean, like you focus more on like the individual, in and uh, like really try and be outwardly focused, um, like focusing on others, and that when you do that it becomes easier to, um, to raise like leaders and to groom leaders within a within a business
0: yeah that's super that's super interesting so are there i mean given given that you know people who come to you nobody you're right nobody does want to be managed people want to be led and i've never really thought about it that that way um but i think that's super i think that's super fascinating
1: so, and, so, <laughs> you, you think, right? think about like loyalty like everyone wants um employees that are loyal to the company right so you'll have employees that say like hey like you know i'm super loyal to this company xyz but i'll say like. Are you loyal to your family? Like, do you um, you want to say that uh, we should be loyal to a company, but are you loyal to your family? Do you take vacations? When you go on vacations, uh, do you put work well off the side? Um, do you encourage the people that work for you, that you're leading, to take vacation? Do you encourage people uh, to like take paternity leave and rally the team around them so they feel like they can take um, paternity leave? like. It, it goes beyond just, like, doing, like, the hard stuff. It, you have to, like, create a culture to, to drive this stuff. Um, I, when I go I, on vacations, I tell people, like, look, um, don't call me unless the plant's on fire. And if it's on fire, I'm not a fireman, so don't call me. And people think that's, like, oh, like, you just, you do it to, like, I don't know, be selfish or something. But, but how do I tell you, who worked for me, that you should take a vacation and that you you shouldn't check your email, you shouldn't text people if I don't model that. And then if I put you in charge while well, I'm gone, but I don't really trust you to be in charge, how is that creating like a leader? Like you're not being bold, you're like, well, I want to make this big decision, but I know uh, I should really check in with the boss, right? Like all this stuff, you have to groom people, you have to say like, look, uh, model the right behaviors. Um, When you put people in charge, uh, give them the authority when you, uh, when you have to do like hard things, like make them part of like the hard things choice. I, uh, I just, I want to create, um, a lot of value for my company, but I also want to create like, uh, better humans (laughs) kind of like a big deal, but like, uh, we can do this stuff. Like we can do both
0: right no i totally agree with that and you know as the ceo of my own company i have i have two metrics that i measure and my metric is profitability and my other metric is absolutely did did anybody take a vacation and i ask myself that on saturdays every week when i'm doing my like after action reviews on my week and this idea that we should never take vacation. Like my company, nobody accrues vacation. If you you have to take your vacation in the year that I give it to you, <laughs> yeah. and if you you will get in trouble if you contact me while you're on vacation.
1: <laughs> but like, I, I guess what people don't get though, is like, so even if it's just an email or a text, right? So you're uh you're on this vacation, you've got your best employees that finally have succumbed to like you telling them to take the vacation, and then they get that email uh it's just hey i know you're on vacation i just need you for like five minutes like you've stolen that time from them and their families mm-hmm. and you pull back into the work world so even if it is just five minutes like they're not on vacation anymore they're like oh god i gotta get that thing to like michelle or like you know and then you start thinking like oh i got that one email but now there's, there's this other thing i should be worrying about and you you effectively like stolen that time from them so what i've and this sounds bad, but like, I've actually like through Facebook, like messaging people's wives, like, Hey, just, you know, I I told your husband, or, you know, I told your wife, like no texts, no emails. Uh, Don't hate me. Like they're supposed to be on vacation. So if you see them like doing work, they're like, that's them, not me. And uh, like over time, it's just like really reinforced the message that like, look, I I care about you as an employee, but you got to show me that you care about your family and like your employees by doing the same.
0: And modeling that sort of behavior, right. So talk to me, when you look at leaders and you're training leaders in the plant, what are some of the things that you do with them to demonstrate your leadership or to give them the opportunity to show leadership? Um, And then how do you, what's your feedback model?
1: Yeah, so um, thank you. Um, I used to, for probably the first, my five-year tenure as like a plant leader, give these tours, and like I really put a lot of thought and effort into like how I'd showcase uh, the people and the product and the culture, and it, you know, it was great. And then um, I got like a new HR manager. I took on, on this tour, and I asked her, I go, so hey, in you know the tour, I said there was like three things that were like really important to me. Do you remember what they were? And and she was mortified, and you know. She didn't remember any of them. I go, no, I I get it. Like you're under a lot of stress. So I said, so I'm not being effective. What do I gotta do? So I shifted, said, hey, you know what? Um, I'm gonna have the people that join the team give me a tour. So within the first week, uh, they give me this tour and it's super stressful for them. (coughs) Basically, uh, they have to put time in my calendar within the first week where they give me a tour of the the facility. So, hey, tell me, uh, me why we exist tell me who all the people are I don't mean who the quote unquote important people are tell me who all the people are uh tell me what we do why we do it and then like as we we do this tour i ask them questions and you know obviously it's the first week we're in a super technical field with really precise equipment they'll give me answers so as soon as i know that they don't know what they're talking about i'll ask a follow-on question finally i get to the point where they go I don't know. I'll go, all right, so let's stop the tour. You're going to get asked a million questions. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's better to say, I don't know, because you can say, I don't know. Let me get back to you. And we'll go, you know what? I uh, respect that. Um, but what you can't do is say something that you know, not to be true. So when people join the team, like getting them to that humble place, so they can just say like, I don't know, let me get back to you. It's super hard to do, but once you do it, you're not responsible for knowing everything in the world it's okay to say i don't know so i'll go in meetings and i'll model this for other people someone will say an acronym i work for a company with this 15 million acronyms and uh as soon as someone says that i go so sorry can you just tell me what that acronym stands for They go oh it's xyz and then I'll we'll go to someone like hey did you know what that stands for and they go no i go why didn't you ask the question like ask questions this is a learning environment So like I I force them really to like know the people just so, you know, they can understand like who works here and why we work here. But really, it's getting them to the you don't know everything. It's okay to be humble and say, I don't know. Let me find out. Because like once you have that atmosphere, then you're not on the hook for being the smartest person in the world. Every single day you can ask questions. And that's like super important to me. I have a, a lot of touch points. So with all the um, the salary people that work here, um, whenever they start and throughout their careers, I'll say, I'm saying like, hey, look, uh, we should talk more often. Uh, you should put time on my calendar. Uh, so I'll put time on my calendar and we'll have discussions on careers, the typical stuff. And at the end, I'll say, so um, I got to ask you, like, how have I failed you as a leader? And it, yeah. it's always... Hard for them to uh, criticize slash critique me, um, but as we go through these sessions, they get more and more used to it. And uh, you know, I, I am somewhat of a train wreck as a human being, so there's plenty of stuff to like critique and criticize. But I get them uh, to give me that feedback, like, "Hey, you uh, you spoke too quickly at the all employee meeting. Uh, your vision wasn't clear. You know, all the many things that um, we could have particularly done better." but now they're giving me feedback. So now I have people that work for me, that feel comfortable to give me uh, feedback, to make me like a better leader. How valuable is that?
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty incredible. You know, and you said something while you were talking as that that I don't know that I've ever thought about before, but work as a learning environment.
1: Yeah.
0: And. That's pretty, I mean, that's pretty specific, and I don't know that I have ever heard that before, and I don't, you know, when I look at my plants that I work with and things like that, I think everybody feels like they always have to be right. Um, That's a burden. Yeah, yeah, and you, I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's not like your industry is any less dangerous than mine. I mean, you guys do your jobs wrong, and the meters and the you know the stuff that you do doesn't work correctly and and bad things also happen <laughs>
1: yeah so uh one of the thing's like that i kind of glossed over on the the tours when i'm when i give the feedback on the tour and say look you know like it this is a conversation not a presentation um i always stop and say like look you were going to screw up so badly and it's going to feel awful it's going to be the end of your world i go I guarantee you this will happen uh, while you're here. Just understand, like, you just need to tell me about it. Like, you'll never get in trouble for saying, like, hey, I screwed up. Uh, Like, I didn't order the parts or, you know, I forgot to do X, Y, Z. Like, you'll never get in trouble for that. The only time you get in trouble is if you screw up and don't tell anyone because you want to hide from letting people know you screwed up. So I'm letting you off the hook right now. You will screw up, and it's okay. Like, we'll recover. that like type of like learning environment it's that's how you make everything like essentially like better because people just they'll start they'll go home and say like oh crap like can't believe this happened at work and like you know i had to go and uh figure out a way to get out of the hole but like yeah you figured out how to get out of the hole not i can't believe it. i got embarrassed because i didn't know
0: mm-hmm. well i think that's super interesting because one of the things that i like try and cultivate in my own self and my own leadership is having a beginner's mindset, Mm. you know, that I don't always, have to know the right answer about everything. I mean, for heaven's sakes, like you, there are things that you need to know the right answer for, <laughs> um, you know, and there are, you know, we talk about critical limits and and there's just things that we need to know the right answer for. But when it comes to human interaction and, and doing the corrective actions process and doing continuous process improvement, oftentimes there is a great deal of ambiguity around you know, either what a root cause analysis, when something's gone wrong, what we're gonna do to improve, you know, yeah. all those sorts of questions we ask in in a, in a corrective action or a preventive action and, and an after action report. And and I think it's super interesting to think about cultivating a beginner's mindset, even with upper level leaders, because they're not used to being beginners.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, you just have to keep that uh, that mindset though, um, you know, and, and I love that term, it's, uh, the world is ever-changing. The factory, your business, should always be looking towards a future. And like, if you get in that, hey, we've finally hit like almost perfection, um, you've lost, you might as well just like close the doors because like, you just have to keep changing. Like we bring people through uh, the plant all this time, on your programs. They'll ask a million different questions and 85% of them, I have really good answers for why we do stuff and the 15%, They don't have answers for are those, oh my god moments. Like, thank you for asking that question. And yes, I should have the answer. And no, I don't. Or you start getting defensive around like why things are done, and you just got to stop and say like, thank you. How do we how do we fix this? How do we change the process? It's invaluable.
0: Yeah, and I think you said something really interesting because you um, what you said is is you get defensive and you stop yourself. So do you have things that you've thought about? And I don't know, maybe you've never thought about it consciously about what to do with those like negative emotions at work. People get frustrated, defensive, I've, you know, had some anger, <laughs> maybe there's more than one plant manager that like manages by yelling, uh, like, what do you, t- how do you approach people and all of the like negative emotions that they can bring to work? Come-
1: so one of the uh, the issues that we all fall into is that uh, we approach people um, regardless of the most effective way to approach them. We always say like, "Hey, this is ah uh, this is my way. This is the way that I operate." Um, sometimes just to say like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm ah uh, I'm angry, so I'm gonna go for a walk." Um, but let me ah uh, let me see if I can see the other side of this issue. Um, that person's a data driven issue or a data driven person, um, so I have to like coax my argument in uh, in that front. But like, you, you really, a lot of times you just have to take a deep breath and say like, why am I getting defensive? Like, it's a it's a critique. Is it true? Yes. All right, well, I gotta fix it. If it's not true, you push to the side and then you go back to hey, I have to maintain like a professional relationship with these people, so let's try a different approach. It's been the hardest part of like my own personal growth. Like, when I get defensive, it's always like, yep there's a weakness there i gotta go after so it's uh for me it's usually just like taking a deep breath and saying like why am i getting defensive oh i got a weakness there i gotta go work on it it's tough
0: yeah yeah but you know i mean it's there it's our journey as you know humans and as leaders and i think i think you're right i think the first step is to just recognize when you're in that sort of defensive posture yeah. and, and there's there's a a woman who uh she's pretty you know a lot of people know who she is her name is byron katie um and she does a lot of you know emotional intelligence work and she her her quote is the first act of war is defense Uh,
1: yeah agreed
0: you know and i think that happens at work a lot where somebody says something and we've and it like hits us somewhere and we start feeling super defensive and then start reacting out of that defensiveness.
1: Almost, uh, almost worse than that though, is the, uh, we always want to be right. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll meet with a lot of, uh, the leaders within my business and we'll have these, uh, little touch points. And I'll say, Hey, that meeting we're in, I just want to let you know, you were right. And you really drove that home. Um, following question. Were you effective? Um, because you basically told someone else that they were wrong mm. and that person, uh, will now spend the rest of their career, like trying to prove that they were right and you were wrong. And like, you've just killed that relationship. Um, so for like the people, it's like really important to me, and maybe it's just all the Dale Carnegie stuff for me, but like, <laughs> it's just super important to me that people realize like, look, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be effective? Cause, you can be effective and no one has to be wrong. Uh, but right. if you be right, then, uh, that means someone else has to be wrong. And, you know, <laughs> as, I, as I've mentioned, people like try this spot experiment, go home and tell your sniffing other that they're wrong about something and then <laughs> enjoy that 24 hours period of silence.
0: Right. Well, I was <laughs> just thinking about that because, you know, I have middle school kids and they're, I, I mean, you know, you can like. There is no being right when you're having a conversation with a middle schooler because they are always right. <laughs> they are always right about everything. It's hilarious to watch them, and so I think that in my conversations with them, it really is, you know, like being effective. And I just, you know, think that on some level. Sometimes we kind of revert to our middle school selves at work because that's when our brains were developing some of the skills that we need at work. And when things get rough, <laughs> we go back to that.
1: That's me. I gotta take the uh, the the deep breath. Um, my wife, uh, God bless her. When I turned uh, thirty three, um, I was traveling all the time, so she gave me uh, a book, uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." I know a million people have probably read it. Sure. Um, Two really good stories in there. One, uh, Abe Lincoln, like almost dying because he had to prove to some guy that he was basically like right. You know, back in the day, they'd write like these scathing editorials, and like he was really driving home the fact that like he was right, and this other guy was wrong, and they they ended up in like a duel. And if like two their seconds didn't stop the duel from happening, we would have lost like one of our best presidents just because he wanted to be right about something. That's insane. And that's
0: I mean like that's even Abe Lincoln. Good grief.
1: <laughs> so like, you know, he got really good about writing all these letters and just like not sending them, but like and that was his like deep breath moment. But like we just gotta be aware, like everyone does this and everyone's gonna like just realize like being right is ineffective. Like you're not moving the, the ball forward. The other thing that uh it's really like the book that really struck home is that we uh we label things um, and the negative always sticks better than the positive. So like, we got to be careful, but like when we talk about people being like a hard worker, or like a great leader, if they're on the cusp of being like a good leader or a great leader and you call them a great leader, boom, they're there. If they're on the cusp of uh, not being great and being good and you tell them that they're not great, they have met all your expectations. Like we label stuff. um, There's so much like power there. Um so, from like a leadership perspective it's it's always super important that you uh, label folks correctly because as soon as you label something, that's what they become. Uh, it's very very positive, and it's not like manipulation or anything else, but just the way the human mind works. Sure. So you know, like so if I say like uh, you know you're a brilliant conversationalist, like you you'll be that. Um, you'll like, rise
0: if, if, you'll rise to that level of identity. <laughs>
1: yeah and you'll say like what you go like oh my god thank you for acknowledging that then you'll become that right like that's uh that's the way like the human mind works um but you'll see you know i'll just say leaders that are like challenged um they'll use words and it's like oh god you could just change that word and that would have been amazing um but you didn't mm-hmm. let me go all those pieces back together um so yeah it's just it's important like fights a desire to be right and just be careful what you label
0: yeah, no, I think that's su- I think that's super important because there's so much that when we start labeling people, you know, as good at their job or lazy or, you know, it, it just interferes with well, one, we're always convinced that our labels are the correct one. So if you're labeling somebody in a pejorative manner, you know, I had this happen to me, um, where you know in food in food manufacturing you can't leave the hoses on the ground because the bacteria will go into the hoses then you spray off your food contact surfaces with dirty water and you make the food not good Um, and i was on a plant tour with somebody and and there was a hose on the ground and he's like oh my god this employee is just so lazy (laughs) And there's so many things like I, you know, I like tried not to have my eyebrows go too far into my forehead. Uh, <laughs> because It's an opportunity to learn work is a learning environment. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, well, hang on here. Are they lazy? Is it, you know, is it, is it lazy? Most people aren't and, or is it super hard to put the hose back the way it's supposed to go back? Is the yeah. process wrong? Is the, but when you label people and you're convinced that you're right about whatever ne- le- negative label you've given them, all of a sudden you have cut off all of these avenues of inquiry and improvement and, and ways of moving forward that make work a less pleasant place to be. Um.
1: And, and think about the, uh, the employee that uh, has a four month old baby at home that wakes up 17 times a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe the host left on the ground. Cause the guy's like focused on like, you know, his sick grandmother, his new baby, uh, the fight that she's having with her husband at home. And like, all of a sudden, like you as a leader, walk up and say, you're lazy as opposed to, Oh, oh my God! Like you're one of the best employees. Like, what's going on? You seem like you're distracted. Yeah, you know, like it's just it's super easy to like make the world a better place. And yeah, you know, we put these labels on people, and like that—that's it. Like you ruined it. Like right. the questions. And yeah, like hey, um, I know the hose left on the ground. Is there a way to, like, how can this even like happen? Like, there's got to be like a way that we can engineer this, right? And all of a sudden, you're not blaming them. You're getting them to think. And most times, people have the solution.
0: Well, sure. You know, I mean, that's one of the things I learned from Charlie is that, you know, you got to you got to solve the problem at with the people who have the most effect on it.
1: Yeah. And like everyone yeah. local knows knows the answer. They just haven't been given usually the opportunity to like to say it out loud. So yeah. All
0: right. a, just ask the question. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> so like I, I'm very fortunate we have a system of a. Uh, which i run the plant um every morning at a certain time we meet with uh essentially all the cell leaders all the hourly leaders uh, in the factory uh my entire engineering team the materials team the operations team and the uh the factory reports out on uh on safety it's basically like their opportunity to hold me accountable for getting stuff fixed it's so like you know in a every other factory i've been in like you know maybe you get up and you say like hey this is stuff i need all you to do which is like I guess like super awesome. You get to tell a bunch of people what they should do, but like in my factory, <clears throat> it's like a list of issues like, hey, uh, went to a crane inspection, uh, we found like one of the hooks is out, so we need to get that fixed and say, okay, we'll, we'll get that done. But like, once you start that culture, then it's just people pointing out uh, the issues, which is great, but also like how it should get resolved. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I get to sit back like a, you know, like a genius and say like, oh, look at this great place. I I've <laughs> can't believe the continuous improvement. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm driving all that, you know, but basically like, you know, and then they go like, well, this is what's going on with quality, we need like, you know, these issues resolved and then on the material side and then on the output side, but like, it's amazing. Like we've empowered the entire facility to say like, hey, every day you get to tell the plant leader what he needs to go fix. Like who wouldn't love oh,
0: that? I love that mindset so much. <laughs>
1: Then you have to obviously go fall from that, but it's, uh, yeah, it creates a, a, a good culture. And then, you know, in some places it's not easy to report stuff, but like, because you've created this culture where you're reporting everything, like, who cares? Yeah, just tell them, they'll, uh, they'll figure it out, like, oh, okay
0: that's so awesome all right well you mentioned you mentioned one book that you had read which is a dale the classic dale carnegie how to win friends and influence people what are some other good books on leadership that you really like and would recommend
1: so I, I i gotta tell you like i love this whole series so it's like how to develop self-confidence and influence public speaking there's uh the quick and easy guide to effective speaking all by dale carnegie um, I have to say, I'm I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. Uh, I don't read too many professional books. Um, because I had dyslexia as a kid, I had a lot of trouble reading. So huh. my dad made me read a bunch. So now I read like three or four books a week, but it's all on my, uh, my Kindle. It's all, uh, all fiction. Um, so yeah, I hoard my time. Um, and I read a bunch of fiction, uh, science fiction, all sorts of like crazy stuff. Um,
0: yeah. That's, I mean, well, I read fantasy books. Sarah J. Mass. Huh. Oh, there That's
1: we amazing. go. <laughs> just for all you listeners, if you don't have a Kindle and you're not on a Amazon Unlimited, like, just do yourself a favor, spend the nine bucks, and just enjoy all the independent authors out there. Oh, um, sure.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, you know, I think that there is, I have, just because of the age my kids are, they're reading a lot of, like, Star Wars fan fiction yeah. and that sort of thing. And we have lots of leadership conversations based on on science fiction, fantasy books, and things like that, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, with some exceptions, um, a lot of people wrote those to like work out what it would be like to work under good leadership and what it looks like to work under bad leadership and how to, you know, how to solve really big intractable problems. And so I don't think that sort of reading is divorced from leadership at all.
1: Very, very fair. Uh, my oldest son would say, uh, strong leadership because he, he likes, uh, uh, not the imperial. There's a there's a whole series that he reads, um, but yeah, it's, it's all about essentially like the bad guys. But they have very strong leadership. <laughs> They're definitely pointing in the right direction.
0: <laughs> that they that they do. <laughs> all right, well, Matt, it has been absolutely wonderful to talk with you on the podcast. If anybody has any follow up questions for Matt, you all can just send them on over to me. Info at dirgofoodsafety.com. Matt, we've loved having you on here. If you have any final words, we'd love to hear them. And other than that, thanks.
1: Yeah, no, it's been my pleasure. And just like all of our missions, just be like, be better humans. Uh, we spend a lot of time at work. Let's just make it a better place. Um, I try and run, uh, it, embarrassingly, I call it like a family business, but uh, that's the way I want it to be treated. Yeah, make a bunch of money. Uh, Because you gotta, but you can still treat people with respect and have a great uh, workplace. So, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Really, uh, really appreciate this.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Um, Bye
1: bye. Thanks for listening. Before you go, click the subscribe button and check us out at foodsafetyuniversity.com, where we have free food safety guides waiting for you. Until next time, keep up the great work.